Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you're doing well. I'm ho- I hope that the rest of your weekend was better than what we witnessed from the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night. Unfortunately, even with a 4-2 start, even with some uh, decent wins under their belt, you almost had a feeling that something like this was, was coming around the corner. And... Uh, Maybe it's for those of us who have watched this team for a very long time and just realize that these these types of games uh, happen with this team. Maybe it's just a maybe it's just the fact that you know the primetime thing. Maybe it's just the fact that uh, these types of losses happen to every team at some point. Um, this is an embarrassment. This was this was an absolute embarrassment on every single phase of the game. And you hate to use clichés like that. You hate to say uh you know, you hate to use stuff like that, but uh, it is what it is. Rick Ruiz by the way, hello from Downey. You're you're right up the way from me, buddy. Uh hello back at you and hello to all the others who are commenting and everything. Good to have you with us. Let's try and commiserate for a few minutes here on this Facebook live video and uh, you can also get these reactions on our uh, Cincy Jungle podcast Orange and Black Insider feed so if you uh, have not subscribed to that um, definitely do so you get this and a lot of other different stuff on there uh, we appreciate the support there but talking about tonight special teams blow up right there was the the mixed communication on a uh, you know, was it a fake punt? Was it not a fake punt? You know, that's a fumble deep in Chiefs territory. Can't have that. Um, you had a defense that was absolutely deplorable all night in multiple phases. You have to understand that this Chiefs team is going to put up points, and I think everybody was going was going to concede that going into this. Um, even even if they lost and they gave up forty five points, but still put up other you know points of their own. You'd be, you know, you'd kind of say, well, you know, the Chiefs are a good team, it's at home, all that kind of stuff, but still, awful tackling on defense, only one turnover, um, and it didn't even net any points, the Bengals squandered that opportunity, um, not a ton of pressure, they got they got to Mahomes a couple of times, but really the, the, the story of the defense was the tackling, that was awful, uh, on offense, Cincinnati, uh, Tony Dungy said it at halftime, Going into this game as the Bengals' offense, you had to know that you can't sit there and go three and out and punt the ball a lot. You just couldn't do that and expect to win. Yet the Bengals did that time and time again. Uh, their their first what was it? Their first or second possession they had in the second half, pick six. Uh, Andy Dalton never looked comfortable. Was his worst game. Even I mean, you can even look at the the plays that he made. In, in the four interception game against Carolina and this game to me he he looked completely uncomfortable all night uh, part of that had to do with some pressure but part of that had to do with forcing throws guys weren't getting open all of that kind of stuff um, really all three phases looked completely un- unprepared the Bengals looked like they did not even look like they wanted to be there and play that game I've said, I've, I, I, I kind of said this on Twitter, and I didn't word it right. Some people called me out on it. Okay, fine. But I said this on Twitter, and what I meant to say, you know, there's only so many characters you can use on Twitter, but how, if you're Mike Brown, 
How are you, as an owner, pleased with this continuing product that you put on the field in prime time and on these big stages in the playoffs? How are you pleased with that, and how are you unwilling to make any changes? Now, I don't. We don't know what's going to happen this week. We don't know if heads are going to roll or anything like that. History tells us with Mike Brown, Marvin Lewis, and company that that's not going to happen, right? I think after today, I think the Chiefs had about 500 yards of total offense. Mahomes threw for, I think, three or four touchdowns. Uh, You know, Kareem Hunt was all over the place. Tyreek Hill, you know, their three-headed monster was doing all kinds of stuff. You would think that Terrell Austin's job, even though it's only, you know, six, seven games in, you would think his job security is really tight at this point. Um, And I hate to say that. I don't like to talk about people losing their jobs, but... This, this defense is not getting it done, and you know we, we were disappointed in some things from the transition to Mike, from Mike Zimmer to Paul Gunther. I mean, this, this, is, this is really bad, what we're seeing. And, uh, you know, I, I go back to my original point of how does Mike Brown continue to see this kind of performance in these big, big games against some of the best NFL teams? You want to present yourself as one of the better NFL teams and yet you come out every time and looked totally unprepared. Some of that is on the players, to be sure. For me, a lot of that has to be on the coaches. Um, and I see I see Greg Brown Jr. here says starts with Marvin. Absolutely. I think it starts with Marvin. I think it trickles down there. And, and you know, some people believe in the primetime thing. Some people do not buy into it. I I think it's a real thing, but I also see the other side of you know, where people think it's kind of a little, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of a bogus deal. But the the fact of the matter is they do not play well in primetime, whether it's because they get nervous and, and it's a real thing or because they're playing an actual good team or I don't know what the, th- the deal is, but they do not play well. The Bengals do not play well on primetime and they do not, they especially do not play well on primetime under Marvin Lewis. So I don't know. I don't know where you go from here because I think now you look at it and you go, okay, what, you know, Marvin Lewis should should maybe be on the hot seat, guys. That's not going to happen, okay? Marvin Lewis has a job. That, that's that. This is the whole thing that I'm trying to get at. I don't understand how Mike Brown can continue to let some of these cycles. If I was in his position, yeah, I make lots of money, but I also spend lots of money, and this is the product that. I put out on the field that that to me would be unacceptable. I would be fuming after this, and uh, you know I don't want to be knee jerk reactionist type of guy, but I mean I would definitely look to make some changes of some kind. And uh, I mean this is a team that you know four and two going into this game, almost five and one, and, and you trip over your own feet on national television as you're trying to prove yourself again, and it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, what you know. Even if it's not coaching changes, if it's hey, you know, the trade trade deadline's coming up, we could use some help. Guys are going down quite a bit with injury. Uh, there's some ineffectiveness on defense. Maybe you can get a linebacker. Maybe you can get another player for the secondary. Maybe you can do that. And you're saying, hey, you know, we're pretty close. We feel like we're pretty close. We're a couple players away. Maybe maybe it's trading for a player and, and getting, a, getting a guy that can help you out right now. 
Um, maybe it's making a change on the offensive line. We saw the same struggles once again from the right side of the offensive line. Alex Redmond, Bobby Hart, penalties, penalties, pressures, all that kind of stuff. I mean, at some point, I mean, it's hard to say this because they were they were at one point, like I said, they were four and one. And you're sitting here going, hey, you know, this team's looking pretty good. But now you have two losses, two critical losses, two conference losses, one in the division. And now you go from being atop of the AFC North, and believe it or not, Pittsburgh sits home today, doesn't even play football this week. And all of a sudden now they're at the top of the division based on record and winning percentage and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I you know... I would, I just, there's, there's just things that, yeah, it's only two losses in a row and yeah, these were against good teams and whatever, but to, today was, tonight was awful. It was awful. And, you know, we can look back to maybe late, some late games last year against the bears. And, you know, I mean, there was a lot of similarities there, but this, this had it shades of 1990s all over it to me. This, this looked like a team that didn't even come to play. And uh, it was pretty embarrassing. I'm going to get to some of these questions and comments from you folks here and, and stop my <laughs> stop my ranting. Um, you know, don't know why, but our pass rush has been non-existent the past two games from Doug Morrison. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's, that's obviously a part of what's going on. The Bengals did get to Mahomes much more today than they did against Ben. But when they got there, guess what? They couldn't tackle. Uh, and I know Mahomes is a slippery guy. He can, you know, make some moves and, and get out of the pocket a little bit. But, you know, you had arms on him and, and all this kind of stuff, and, and they couldn't they couldn't make plays. Um, I see uh, Sterling Sherwood. I love the Bengals, but we are an embarrassment on primetime games. We don't have enough discipline. I mean, I, I don't know what that comes down to. I really don't. Like, I don't know if it's just a bunch of nerves from everybody and everybody's nervous and they just, they play tight. To me, I saw a team that played very tight, especially on offense. I saw Andy Dalton seem like he was just tensed up. Um, I I just, I don't know. And, and, you know, maybe that, again, goes down to the DNA of the coaching and, um, you know, a team kind of taking the personality on of their coach and they're just not getting it done. But, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that. Um, in, in your, uh, Bill, Billy Huff, in your opinion, what is the weakest link on defense? Um, I mean, if you're talking position groups, I would say linebacker, but it's not really weak links. It's, it's, things that the defense isn't doing well. I mean, I, I'm not, I guess there's a difference between position group weak link and what the team isn't doing well on defense. What they're not doing well on defense is they're not covering anybody and they're not tackling anybody. Um, they're getting sporadic pressure here and there, but uh, to me, those are the big problems. And the tackling is, uh, uh, I mean, Michael Johnson, a guy who's a, who's been kept around because, and I love the guy, but a guy who's been kept around as a defensive end maybe longer than a lot of people would like because he can set the edge, because he's an effective player against the run, because he can bat balls down at the line. Tonight, he had two shots, two different shots at Kareem Hunt for losses that he ended up breaking his grasp, and then they ended up going to, into a short yardage situation. So there's 
there's kind of a snowball effect on defense to answer answer Billy's question there. It's, you know, first down, a team runs the football, and instead of they, they have an opportunity maybe for a loss or hold them to a short gain, they miss a tackle, and all of a sudden instead of second and eight, second and ten, second and twelve, you're now looking at second and five, second and two. And it just gets a completely different complexion of a drive and how a game goes with that. So it's kind of a sequence of events, and that, that to me is why Terrell Austin should uh, be very fearful about his job. Um, Tyler Riley talking about Burfecht. You could tell Burfecht was backing off, almost looked like he wasn't trying. Uh, some people I watched the game with tonight had a similar sentiment. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that he wasn't trying. I don't want to say the effort wasn't there or whatever. Um, he has not looked like the same player at all this year. And, um, you, you know, you can blame injuries. You can blame the refs. You can blame the NFL, whatever. He has not looked like the same player. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with him. It sounded like it was a hip injury, but we'll see what's what's going on with him. Um, Andrew Seiler, what's up, Andrew? Good to good to hear from you, buddy. Um, talking about playing scared. This is something that we've talked about with Marvin Lewis. You know, I mean, even when they were down by a lot of points in this game, they weren't stopping the Chiefs on on defense. They had opportunities to just go for it on fourth down. Why not just go for it? Try and get as many points, save face as you, you know. And instead, you're just punting and then letting them march all over you. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe maybe this game last week against the Steelers really took it out of them emotionally, and they just, uh, I don't know. But uh, this one, I didn't expect the Bengals to win this game. And I, I think that was a pretty safe thing to say for most Bengals fans. But I think most Bengals fans thought at a minimum the Bengals would come out and put up a decent showing um you know maybe they lose by seven points 10 points but you know it's an entertaining game this was an absolute embarrassment and um you know i, I see a, a question here from chris swave you know do the Bengals make the playoffs this year i mean it's funny three weeks ago we're sitting here saying yeah you know we we might be talking playoff by and you know all kinds of stuff and now we're talking i i don't know you know, Buccaneers beat the Browns today. That's who the Bengals face next week. Um, I believe they have the bye after that. And then they come out of the bye and play the Saints, who just beat the Ravens in Baltimore. So, you know, two not-so-easy games coming up. You've got Pittsburgh again. You've got Baltimore again. You've got two against the Browns, who have been up and down, but they are definitely improved this year. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I thought that this team would be in that eight to 10 win range all year. Uh, I still think they're in there, especially with that hot start, but unfortunately the questions we talked about in terms of viability of how they're winning games, sustainability of the way they're winning games, all that kind of stuff. The last two weeks it's come, come to bite them a bit. And I think some of that has to do with injuries. Some of that has to do with other factors outside of their, uh, their control. I will say they, the Bengals have not been given calls at all uh, from the referees the past uh, the past two weeks. Uh, tonight there were a lot of missed calls, but um, I don't know. Hard to hard to swallow this one, and um, I'm sure the players aren't happy. I'm sure the coaches aren't happy, but 
uh, they, they just have to do better. And um, that's really, really all there is to it. Chris Truitt, play calling was horrible. Absolutely. Uh, who do you think would replace Austin if he's let, if he's let go by Drew Zimmerer? Um, it's probably someone in staff. When you make a change in the middle of the year, it's probably someone in, you know, already on the staff. I don't know if that's uh, a good move, frankly. I, you know, maybe it's Jim Hazlitt. I, I, I don't know. But um, that's usually what happens because you don't want to rock the boat too much in the middle of the season. But um, I have been very disappointed with Terrell Austin. I, I was excited for that hire. And uh, it's it has not been good the last couple of weeks. Um, is Kirkpatrick trash or nah? <laughs> um, Drake Kirkpatrick is probably one of the most frustrating Bengals players on the team. And um, for a variety of reasons. He's very frustrating because the talent is there. You've seen it. You've seen him make big plays before. You've seen him shut down receivers before. But it almost seems as if the past really two years, three, really when he kind of has become a full-time starter, there's been there's been hints of regression. And um, the, the interceptions aren't coming as easy. Uh, he looks to be confused at times, and um, I don't know. I you know he's not trash. He's, he was a first round pick for a reason. He was a good player on an Alabama team, but he is uh, he's been victimized a lot lately. So um, you know, I don't know. A uh, lot more questions now than answers, and unfortunately, that's just uh, that comes with these types of losses. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what what to say. I mean, you see here, saw another question here from Chris Berrien. Um, what happened to John Ross? They're not even looking his way. Yeah. I mean, I think he had one throw his way tonight. Um, they just looked completely out of sync. They didn't try to do much on offense, uh, which was very, very surprising because the Chiefs defense is ranked low in almost every category. They didn't have Eric Eric Berry back there. You kind of thought like, well, you know, this, if since if Cincinnati can make this a shootout, they may have a chance. But they put up ten points against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like the last two weeks, I, that's that's been the, the theme of these live videos and and things on our podcast. Is I don't know, I don't know, yeah. It just has been a almost a tale of two seasons, really, um, from the first five weeks of the season to the last two weeks. And uh, this one, this one was pretty miserable to watch tonight. And um, I don't know. Let's get out of here uh, with this one from Mayank. I think it's Mayank Matal, uh, Ross Billings. Vigil. When are these guys going to start living up to their expectations? Well, that's a really good question. Um, you also have to realize, uh, look at look at the Bengals' high picks over the past handful of years, like their first round picks. And uh, I mean, Tyler Eifert, IR again. Cedric Abwehi, um you know, not uh, basically just a guy on, on a team, uh, William Jackson, really good last year, uh, seems to be taking a step back this year a little bit. Um, 
I mean, you go you go on and on, and these guys, they're not they're dra- they they put all this stock in the draft, and they're not really having a lot of hits as they did in 2011, 2012, you know, maybe even 2013. Um, Kirkpatrick was a first round pick. He's been up and down, like I said. I mean, there's you can't put everything, which which the Bengals essentially do. I mean, if you look at free agency and all that stuff, you can't put all of your eggs in the draft basket and then not come up with you. You basically have to nail the draft far more at a far higher percentage than other teams need to, because other teams do more in free agency than you do. So. Again, it's one of those things where this this is the way they operate. This is who they are. This is what they do. This is what the higher-ups do. And it it's not producing the results that fans want in terms of playoff wins, Super Bowl wins, any of that. So um, at some point, there's going to need to have a change to be made there, and I don't I don't know. Anyway, thanks for, for tuning in tonight, folks. Go get some sleep. Uh, if you can, I'll, I'll probably be tossing and turning about this one, but, um, try and try and get some sleep. The Bengals have an opportunity to, to get a win next week against a, you know, a beatable Tampa Bay team, but, um, man, things have got to change and they've got to change fast if they're going to do that. And, um, we'll see. Hope you all have, uh, <laughs> a, a great, uh, what's little left of this weekend and, um, keep it to cincyjungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, all that good stuff, and check out our podcast as well that we do every week uh, on the website. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Cazenza, and um, looking forward to week eight to put this one behind us. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.